crap show that is the Chicago Bears continues as head coach Matt Eberflus is proven a liar once again after lying yesterday in regards to the Chase Claypool situation. We now have more details out about Chase Claypool that contradict what Matt Eberflus said yesterday in the season-ending press conference. We're going to talk about that. Plus, we're going to talk about takeaways from the Chicago Bears' fourth loss on the season to the Denver Broncos. We're going to get into all that and more right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bears Central, your number one place for all Chicago Bears news and content. What's going on, Bears fans? Welcome to another episode of Chicago Bears Central, your number one spot for everything Chicago Bears related. I'm the host there, Hayes, but more importantly, you guys can follow the channel at Shy Bears Central on every social media platform we happen to be on. With that being said, let's go ahead and get into the content for today, and we're going to talk about Chase Claypool and the, you know, the, the latest in the in the saga that is Chase Claypool and the Bears, right? Keep in mind, the Chicago Bears traded for Chase Claypool in what became the 32nd overall pick, which is basically a first-round pick, even though it was a second-round pick that they traded for him. And so, uh, you know, Chase Claypool, a healthy scratch yesterday, inactive in yesterday's game. Uh, post-game, Matt Eberflus had talked about the fact that, you know, they didn't make the decision as far as Chase Claypool not playing uh, in yesterday's game until Sunday morning. Justin Fields immediately followed up Matt Eberflus about 10 minutes later and said, no, they were informed as a team that Chase Claypool would not be there on Saturday, right? Which proved Matt Eberflus a liar. Yesterday in press conference as well, Matt Eberflus said that they do expect Chase Claypool to be there, uh, to be in the building during the practice this week leading up to Thursday's game. Well, it's been not only came out that the Chicago Bulls asked Chase Claypool to stay home. On top of that, he he's not expected now to be there any point this week, which means that the door of Chase Claypool and the Chicago Bears appears to be all but closed. And if there was even still hope that maybe they can look at him again or anything like that, it seems that the Bears are more so prepared to just go ahead and either cut Chase Claypool or see what they can get, if anything, back for him in the open market. I had speculated before and saying maybe the Bears should look to also package in Deontay Foreman in that, considering that you know, now with the ascension of Roshan Johnson, Deontay Foreman's also been a healthy scratch, and maybe both those players can go on and help other teams, right? Chase Claypool, while, you know, has been very disappointing in his performance, I do want to also talk about the fact that he's just playing for some of the most terrible coaches in Chicago Bears history, but that does not excuse his individual performance either in games because, yes, he is still played individually like dog shit. Yes, that does not take away from the bad coaching either. It's both things can be true at the same time, and that's what we're seeing right now with the Chicago Bears team. This team looks like absolute crap. And so in looking at takeaways from yesterday, right, one of the biggest ones is that Chase Claypool's time with the Chicago Bears is over. It's done. You don't have to worry about it. It is what it is. Chase Claypool, I highly doubt and would be willing to bet on the fact that Chase Claypool is not going to be back in a Chicago Bears uniform anytime soon. So, you know, that you can take away from that what you will. Now, as far as other takeaways from yesterday's game, the offensive line, Listen, there was bad performances all up and down that offensive line. And again, that does not excuse Justin Fields, you know, late turnovers, even though that interception, you can definitely look at what Cole did in that as well as contributing to the to, to that interception. And then as far as the, the fumble, you got to hold on to the football. I know that the offensive line didn't do a good job at holding up, but you got to hold on to the ball. But outside of that, the offensive line played overall bad. Larry Borm stepped right in to what Braxton Jones has been doing, getting several key penalties that went against the Chicago Bears that hurt us in time, right? And so Larry Borm, you know, starting at the at the left tackle for the second uh, game in a row, it just, listen, he didn't block defenders too well, right? Uh, he had a number of, of penalties that hurt the team, and you have to absolutely look at that. 
And so it's unfortunate, right, that Larry Borm didn't really step up in any type of meaningful way, but he definitely was one of the things that you can take away and look at. Hey, he didn't play good. And Darnell Wright had a rookie game, right? Darnell Wright, who's been overall really impressive in his snap so far in the time that he's played out there, really kind of being ahead of schedule um, in, in what people do uh, and, and expect from a rookie tackle. Uh, but listen, he struggled. I, I don't want to overlook it. Darnell Wright struggled in yesterday's game, and it and it was it was evident, right? Uh, he, he he also committed a few penalties as well. Uh, you know, in the fourth and one, he gave he uh, you know he missed the block that ended up tackling that caused Khalil Herbert to be tackled behind the line as they only needed a what a half of a yard to get the first down. Um, still a bad play call, and still a play call in which I would have I wish that the Bears would have went after the guaranteed points. But again, that's something as well you have to take away from that game. Darnell Wright. As much as I love what he's been given overall as a rookie, he didn't play. He didn't play good. He just didn't play good in yesterday's game. He, he didn't. Um, there's some positives absolutely to take away from Justin Fields. His poise as a passer, much better. And I know a lot of the Justin Fields people, the, the people that want to blame everything on Justin Fields, the idiots is what we call them. Yes, he didn't do. He 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 made key mistakes late in the game, right? But the the fact is that Justin Fields absolutely showed growth as a passer and that's what we want what we want to show right the offense overall looked looked pretty dang good for most of that game especially in the first half of the game now we struggle with putting points on the board in the second half right and I understand that but again a quarterback should not have to be absolutely perfect for your team to be able to get a win when they had a 21 point lead right so that's also things that you want to look at but when you look at the way Justin Fields went out there what completed I think his first 14 passes in a row right came out there Ran to the line of scrimmage at one point. Stopped right at the line of scrimmage. Extended the play. Uh, used his arm, right? He really, at times where he would have typically used his legs to break away, we saw him really use his arms. Going 28 of 35 for 335 yards, passing in four touchdowns and one interception, right? And also four carries for 25 yards. Justin Fields, throughout most of that game, displayed some of that big playmaking ability that we want to see from Justin. Now, with that, we also saw some of the faults that we that we see from Justin typically. But when you look at the play from the offensive line overall, like I, I, I really think that it's, it's amazing what the offense was able to do in that first half overall in that game. DJ Moore being used in that game, 131 yards, right? Uh, his season high and a touchdown for that, right? Uh, I think he he got he caught the ball every time he was targeted, maybe one less time than that, right? And overall, just a a, a solid day in the passing game for the, the for the uh, Chicago Bears. Also, positive takeaway: we were able to run the ball. Now, all this is said against the defense of the Denver Broncos, and like I said in yesterday's pregame, we want to see this offense have more success and more games like this consistently before I'm ready to say that we're trending upwards because we still lost the game. But at least there's something that you can take away from and hopefully try to build upon that with the Chicago Bears team as we go forward for the last 13 games of the season. Now, as well, one of the negatives that you have to take away from this game is Matt Eberflus and, and the coaching staff overall. Luke Getze called a hell of a first half. I can, as much as I've crapped on Luke Getze, I cannot take away in, in fairness, from how Luke Getze called. We saw a flea flicker out there, right? That's what we saw. We saw creative play calling in that first half, and it, and it had me label Luke Getze as a front runner, right? And that's something that you have to worry about when you're reactionary as an offensive coordinator. We saw the Chicago Bears, when they were playing with the lead, get creative offensively. The moment that 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 the other team started building momentum, we, we lost that creativity uh, offensively, and so that's a concern because if you can, if you only feel comfortable opening up your playbook with a lead, how are you going to battle back? How are you going to build up the 
the, the resiliency the resiliency of this team, right? So those are things that you absolutely want to look at as well. That's a big takeaway that I took away from this game is Luke Getz, Luke Getze caught a hell of a half. Call more of the first half, right? And I still don't think Luke Getze is long for the Chicago Bears before the rest of the season. The rest of the time you are calling the plays for this team, do what you did in the first half more often, right? But then the defense. Matt Eberflus's defensive scheme is trash, and it needs to be adapted. It needs to be fought. It needs to be fixed. 14 consecutive losses. There are 17 games in the season. We have almost a season's worth of losses straight, and that is unacceptable. That is unacceptable. And so as a head coach at the NFL level, the fact that Matt Eberflus has one of the absolute worst coaching uh, coaching, um, win percentages for in Chicago Bears history, you have to look at that. And I think that the fact that we're even talking about will the Chicago Bears fire Matt Eberflus definitely points to the, the just the poverty franchise that we can be at times, right? And so, again, even as a Bears fan, you guys know, I pull no punches when it comes to this team, and Matt Eberflus, and that, that effectiveness of the defense is a fail. And I know I had my rant yesterday, right? But it's all legit. When As a head coach in the NFL, you are judged by a few different barriers, a few different things that you are judged by. And Matt Eberflus is failing at just about every single one of them. And then you add in the fact as a defensive-minded head coach, you have you have made the def- the defense has gotten worse under your regime, right? And so those are things that you really have to look at with this game. I know the Bears have a short week. We play again on Thursday, which is crazy how how short this week is going to be. We're right back in the game mode, right? But with that said, we have to look at ways to improve this team. And if we're not looking at that, right? If we're if we're not seeing how or taking away the positive things that we did in yesterday's game, because I know some Bears fans are going to try to paint it as all negative. It wasn't. There were some. There were. This was the first game where I can truly say there were some. There were a handful of positives to take away from this game. Roshan should have been in there in that fourth down play as well. But you know that's that's a story for another day. But there are positives to take away from this game. How is this team now going to build upon them as a head coach at the NFL level? What are you going to do, Matt Eberflus, to build your team? And this is why I say that this coaching staff has to go. To me, it has to go. I know some people still, you know, they look at it. They blame everything on Justin. It is what it is there. You can do what you want to. Take your uh, your, your your choices there with you, whatever you want to do. But at the end of the day, the Chicago Bears, they, right now, coaching is one of, one of our biggest issues. It's not the issue, just like Justin isn't the issue, but it is one of the biggest issues amongst tons going on with the Chicago Bears, and you can't overlook that. As of right now, the Chicago Bears are one of two winless teams in the NFL. The other team, the Carolina Panthers. The other, the only other team is the Carolina Panthers that have not gotten a win on this season so far. And you know what that means? Right now, the Chicago Bears are slated to have the number one and number two overall picks in next year's draft. Now, I know some people are going to say, hey, if the Bears keep on that, Marvin Williams, Caleb Williams, come on down. Mar- Marvin Harrison. Why did I say Marvin Williams? What am I thinking about? Marvin Harrison Jr., Caleb Williams, come on down, right? Come on down to the Chicago Bears. But here's what I'll tell you. Unless we get the right coaches in place, and this is what I always say, I, I understand you guys who are who are saying the Bears need to look at quarterback. I've said that. As long as this season continues to be a struggle, you cannot overlook at least considering looking at the quarterback position and in this draft when you have two top two picks, right? But with that said, even if you are a, a Justin guy or not a Justin guy, when it comes down to it, do you want this coaching staff coaching the next Chicago Bears head coach, whether you think that's Justin or you think that's somebody else, do you want this coaching staff being in charge of that development? Ask yourself that. And if the answer to that question is yes for you, I don't know what the fuck to tell you. 
It's bad. You down bad at that case. If that if that if the answer to that question, you look at that and you seriously think about it, and, and in your ponderance upon that, you come away with yes, I want Matt Eberflus and Luke Getzey to lead whatever the next quarterback is. No, nah, I, I can't get with you. That's one thing I can't vibe with. I can understand a lot. Don't have to agree to understand. But one thing I can't understand is what this coaching staff has showed anybody to think that they deserve to be in charge right now of anything that the Chicago Bears have going on. And so, you know, it is what it is. We'll see how that comes down to it when, it, when, it, when it's time to. But right now, Justin Fields, you can tell, is starting to feel that losing streak. When you see him, this is a deflated man. And he came out and played a pretty good game overall. Mistakes were made. Right. You can't take away from that. And like I said, we can say that Cole Komet, you know, had his part in, in the interception, which he did. We can say that the offensive line should have stood up a little bit better and Justin wouldn't have uh, uh, fumbled that ball. And you can make that argument, but it still came down to that Justin made those mistakes. And he has to also look at himself and I expect him to hold himself accountable for those mistakes as well. But hey, listen, the offense was clicking at one point and then it stopped. The defense eh, never really fully clicked to me. I came in in the first half and I was like, hey, that defense is looking pretty ha- is pr- pretty shoddy to me on that live call. And Big Kevin and C-Dub corrected me and were like, hey, man, the defense has done a pretty good job. But then in the second half, that shit looked like trash. And so right now, listen, the Chicago Bears are absolute shit show. And th- hey, listen, sometimes you, it, they got to eat their shit right now and hopefully tough through it and play better right now, too. And I have to say this. While our linebackers and Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards are getting up a lot of tackles, right? They're getting a lot of tackles. It, it, listen, that's an empty stat to me right now because those tackles ain't really translating to much. And I got to be honest with that as well. TJ Edwards and Tremaine Edmonds were brought here to revamp this linebacking core and to kind of come in and be leaders on this defensive side of the ball. And I'm glad that they're getting tackles because, listen, I'd much rather them be getting tackles than not getting it. I want to be clear on that. But listen, the impact that they have, the grades overall, a lot of things are struggling right now for the Chicago Bears, and let's hope that they can right that shit. But thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Chicago Bears Central. Make sure you guys are following the show at Shy Bears Central on every social media platform. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, chicagobearscentral.gmail.com. And then lastly, if you want to get in a text message and our voicemail for our mailbag, 773-242-9336. We are the number one spot for everything Chicago Bears related, thanks to you guys. And like I like to end every episode on, die town up, but bear down. Love you guys. Peace, y'all. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.